Today we're going to dig a little bit deeper and we're going to unpack the power of preparation. Now I just want to do a quick recap. I read a passage last week about these 10 bridesmaids. Uh, five of them were wise bridesmaids and five of them were foolish. And the five foolish were defined as foolish because they hadn't made themselves ready and they hadn't done the prep work of being ready to meet the bridegroom. Now, in this story, we defined last week that the bridegroom is Jesus. The bridesmaids represent you and represent me. Now, I want to revisit this story today because I'm gonna extract the first part of this process of preparing for us to really dive deeper in today. We're gonna to start out in Matthew 25, verse one. This is, a, this is actually a story that Jesus tells. I love Jesus' stories. Uh, I, I find myself always telling stories, and so I like to think that I, I'm just becoming more like Jesus. Jesus used stories, and I want to be a great storyteller. Jesus was an amazing storyteller. I love the narrative that he told. It was so creative, and so there's this creative story that he tells. He says, in, starting in verse 1, the kingdom of heaven will be like... 10 bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Now, they had a clear objective. What was the clear objective in this passage right here? To meet who? The bridegroom. To meet Jesus. They had a very clear big vision. Can you turn to somebody this morning and say, do you have big vision? Ask somebody, do you have big vision? I want you to say this. Do you have a clear objective? Ask them. Do you have a clear objective? Okay, we are, we, we are going to go after this this morning. Listen, in verse, in verse 2, I'm, I'm going to read the rest of the story real quickly so that we have the backdrop. It says, five of them were foolish, five of them were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough olive oil for their lamps. But the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and they fell asleep. At midnight, they were roused by the shout, look, the bridegroom is coming, come out and meet him. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. Last week, I talked about how oftentimes when we fail to prepare, we want to place the responsibility of our lack of preparation on other people. Okay, this was like, this is a really good hobby. I saw that. Um, so like, like this, was, this was something that was key last week. In fact, if you didn't catch this, I want you to jump onto YouTube when we're done today. I want you to go back to last week's message. I, I want you to listen to this because this was a really important piece of personal responsibility of preparation. This is super important, and I think it, this hits society right in the heart right now. So I want you to jump back. Then the five foolish ones asked them, please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. Verse 9, but the others replied, we don't have enough for all of us. Go to the shop and buy some for yourselves. <laughs> I love it, right? Very clear. No. <laughs> but while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was locked. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. There's a moment in your life 
Contrary to popular narratives of faith, there is a moment in your life where there is going to be an end. That you're either prepared or you're not prepared to meet the bridegroom. And at that moment, there's no more trying. There's no more kicking the can to tomorrow. There's no more procrastinating. Last week, we were, we were dismantling procrastination. That there's a sense of urgency we talked about last week. And when you have urgency, you make it a priority. And when you make it a priority, you're able to do the piecework of preparation and make peace with Jesus Christ. There is a moment in time where it's too late. And we do not know when Jesus is going to return. This is the moment that Jesus is describing in the story. He called back to them who were standing outside the door, who were locked out, and he said, believe me, I don't know you. So you too must keep watch, for you do not know the day or the hour of my return. Now the five bridesmaids who were wise were prepared for whatever the process would look like to achieve their big objective. So if it meant taking extra oil, they did what they had to do, but they were prepared for whatever the process was going to look like. I want you to know the power of preparation involves a process. Now this is key. Process is really hard for people. It's hard for me. Being in process, let, let me describe this. The power of preparation involves a process, and the process is where most people struggle to achieve their objective. It's where we quit. It's where we get distracted. Process is where all the groundwork is covered. Process is where all the years are spent. It's, it's where all the prayers are offered. It's where all the patience is required. Process is where all the tension is felt. It's the gap in between the beginning and the end. But it's also where all the life is lived. It's where all the love is exchanged. It's where all the laughs are laughed. It's where all the growth is made. Your process is lived out between your first breath and your last. We are all in process. Regardless of where you stand today in a relationship with Jesus Christ, you are in process as much as I am. We are all living in this gap. We are all experiencing the tension of the in-between called life. My, what life offers up sometimes. The highs and the lows. To combat being this, this statistic that most people struggle to survive the process of life. I don't want to be a statistic. I don't want you to be a statistic and just struggle. I want you to thrive. So one of the things that we have to do is we have to define clearly what it is that we're going after and what it is that we're doing. We need vision. 
So today we're going to unpack the first step in the process of the power of preparation, and we're going to talk about preparing your vision. On a personal note, Yesterday morning, <laughs> at 4.12 a.m., the world got to meet my granddaughter for the first time. What a strange experience. Um, that I'm a grandfather. <laughs> As I was driving over to meet her for the first time, my wife and Kay Howe, who's just up here leading worship with all of you, spent all night with my oldest daughter, Makana, assisting her in giving birth to this little miracle. Her name is Kapua Nani. So I'm driving over to meet her for the first time yesterday afternoon. And the Lord began speaking to me. And this is what he says. He says, your life just got a little bit better. But it also just got a little bit bigger. I'm like, yes, Lord. And he reminded me of the power of life. He reminded me that the moment that my granddaughter released her first cry, he reminded me the moment that you made your first sound, that all of creation was shifted in a way that it could never go back to what it was before. That what you carry, the atmosphere shifts. That God has breathed life into these little lungs. And what he breathed into these little lungs and she released for the first time that we could hear. Sent into the atmosphere reverberation and a resonance that changed everything forever. And I walked into the room and I saw her for the first time in person, and I just began to cry. Later on, my, my wife uh, and, and my daughters always educate us. Uh, there's a couple now we're gathering. The boy, the boy club is, is, is getting a little bit larger now. This is good. <clears throat> um, so, like, we sit around and we kind of laugh. Us, uh, there's, there's only three of us guys. There's nine women. <laughs> now ten. And there's three boys. My son-in-law, my soon-to-be son-in-law, Kehal, just got engaged two weeks ago. And we always learn really fascinating things about the female body. <laughs> I'll just leave it there. So the Lord speaks to me about this. And I walk in, and then they tell us in the room, me and my son-in-law are sitting there, and they said, did you know... <clears throat> that 
Chandra says, did you know that I was carrying Pua, who was in Makana, as I was carrying Makana? And I said, what are you talking about? She said, the female is born with all of the eggs they will ever produce inside of them when the male is not. Okay? We develop this later on. We're always slow to the game. Okay? <clears throat> but, let, but, 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 but let me break this down for you. My mother-in-law was sitting in the other room. My wife is sitting in the bedroom with my daughter who just gave birth to my granddaughter. That there was a moment in time that my mother-in-law was carrying the seed, my wife Chandra, who had inside of her the next generation, Makana, who had inside of her the next generation, Kapua. That God has given you something that makes your life a little bit better and makes your world a little bit bigger if you know what you're carrying. That this morning, what I want to preach to you, can I preach this morning? What I want to preach to you this morning is that you need vision. You need to see what it is that God has given you. You need insight into know that what he's called you to is bigger than you. That it's generational. That when I live my life submitted to Jesus, I'm living a life submitted to Jesus, calling forward the lives of generations to come that are seated, that are seated in creation. There's something powerful about this word this morning. Can I get an amen this morning? We need, we need to have clarity. The first thing we need with vision is prep work is clear vision. Do you have clear vision about what it is that you're carrying? Do you have clear vision about who it is that you are? Your world is bigger than you think. Ha. Vision is big objective. It's a preferred optimal outcome. Now, I want you to know something. I don't know anybody in life that prefers the worst outcome. Like, you're li I, I'm, I'm just going to call it out. You're lying to me if you're telling me that you prefer the worst outcome of a circumstance. You don't. I know inside of each one of us, we prefer an optimal outcome. Why? Because we have a vision. There's something big that, that, that we carry. Now, I, this is... What I know, the bridesmaid had clear, big objective of meeting Jesus. They were going to do whatever it took. Here's the secret to vision. I want you to understand this this morning. Here's the secret to vision. No vision will cost you more than big vision. I'm going to say that again. No vision in your life will cost you more than if you have big, audacious, crazy vision. There's something big that God has placed in you. And I'm calling that forward right now with the authority of Jesus' name this morning. I'm saying, come forward. 
And some of us are afraid. Well, Pat, that, that just seems, that sounds crazy, Pat. That's crazy talk. You know, people, you know, you hear about these guys like the Elon Musks who want to who wanna inhabit Mars. That's stupid. And you, you, you know what I'm saying? The dude's shooting for Mars. And he's blowing everything out of the water when it comes to Earth. I would rather see us have Mars vision and fall short than no vision at all. And it's costing us. It's costing us as followers of Jesus. The biggest vision that you can have is to be a follower of Jesus. Do you know why? Because when you have that relationship right, it bleeds into everything else that you do. I just need to work on my finances first. No, when you have that relationship with Jesus, there's a kingdom principle. It is gonna cover your finances. I just need to work on myself first, you know? I need to get right. No, you need to get right with Jesus. And then he gets your heart right, and then all of a sudden, you're like, well, I got options. (laughs) I can't find a man, like, because you need to find Jesus first. Because no man wants you in that state. Men, no women want you in that state. You need Jesus. (laughs) Do you have vision? Because no vision is going to cost you more than what? Big vision. Turn to somebody this morning and say, I got big vision. Proverbs 29.18 Listen to this, where there is no revelation, that word means vision, where there is no revelation or vision, people cast off restraint or it's a lack of discipline or to run wild. Man, society is running wild. We're, we're, just, we're just gone crazy. It is insane. And we need this, that. It's like, no, we have, we have no clear vision. We're stuck on ourselves, and our vision needs to be fixed on something greater than us. Without a clear vision, there's going to be a lack of discipline to follow through. That's what that scripture is saying. We're, your life, Pat, I just can't, I can't seem to just lock in on this thing and stay, stay focused on it. It's like because you don't have clear vision. Is it clear to you? You know what's clear to me? It's clear to me this morning when I opened my phone and the first thing I did was I went to my photos app and I opened up and I zoomed in on the face of my granddaughter and I sat and I cried again. And and, and you know what I became really clear about? That I'm willing to die where I stand for the legacy that God has put inside of Chandra and I's world. I'm real clear. Test me. Do you hear the conviction? You know why? Because I have a clear vision. I'm not wishy-washy about it. You aren't coming to my door. You aren't stepping to my children and my wife and my grandchild. You, it, enemy, it's not going to happen today. You messed with the wrong person. You thought I was a sucker. Do you, do you, do you, do you hear the conviction? There's discipline behind that. I'm going to do whatever it takes. I have clear vision. So here's preferred optimal outcome of my faith objective. I'm going to tell you what mine is, okay? 
Mine is to stand before Jesus and I want to hear these words. I know you. I know you. Well done. Good and faithful servant. If I hear that from Jesus, I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to be the best follower of Jesus. I'm going to be the best husband, the best dad. I'm going to, I'm going to knock out of the park this whole grandpa thing. Right? Don't call me old. I will run you down. I'm in training mode right now. I gotta, I'm like, but so are you. I'm going to know, I, I, I want to stand before Jesus and I want to know that I gave everything of myself to this life. I left it all on the field. Nothing else. I'm going to be clear about this preferred optimal outcome. And being clear is the first step. Now, here's the second thing. Now you've got to write it down. You have to write it down. Habakkuk 2.2, such a famous passage. If you've been around church at all and you hear people talk about vision, this is what they say. For some of you, maybe it's the first time, and I'm going to break this down a little bit. It says, then the Lord replied, write down, Habakkuk was a prophet. And God's talking to him, and he says, write down the revelation or the vision and make it plain on tablets that a herald may run with it. So write your vision down that whoever reads it may run with it. Now, there are three reasons why you want to write down your vision. There's three reasons. Number one, writing something down increases the likelihood of following through by 42%. That's just a statistic. Right now, if you want to improve your ability to follow through on an objective, again, you can apply this anywhere in your life. Write it down. There was a study and Dr. Gail Matthews confirmed what scripture had already told us. When she did a study at a university where she took a wide, diverse group of people, 23 to 72, all walks of life, all different countries, split the groups in half, had half the group write down their objective every day, they would get up and they'd write it down. The other one didn't. This is where the statistic comes from. 42% increase of follow through. I want you to have an increase in following through. You're gonna clarify, but now you're gonna write it down. Here's the second reason why. Because writing it down will allow you to return to it when you experience vision drift. It's very common. Okay? This is where I'm going. And you start driving. Suddenly, things start pulling you off course. And you think something's wrong with you. I'm telling you there's nothing wrong with you. That's, that's just human. But you need something to anchor you. And when you write it down, in fact, do it daily. In fact, I started a practice where I journal every single day and I write down some very clear things about my life. Why? Because I'm going to experience vision drift in my day. There are things competing for your attention and distracting you. Some of you are distracted right now. 
And God wants us to be able to focus. He wants, to, he wants us to bring it in. Hebrews 12.1, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Our eyes are fixed. We write it down. What's the objective? I am going to meet Jesus. I'm going to hear him say, I know you. Well done, good, faithful servant. I'm going to write it down. I'm going to fix my eyes on him. I'm going to establish. This is my true north. Life is good. The process, the journey is going to pull me every direction. Some of you are experiencing this right now in your life. And this centers you. This keeps you attached. There is a specific prize that I'm running for. Jesus. And when I know that Jesus is the prize I'm running for, that Jesus is God that I'm running after, the little G gods in my life don't become dominant. I stop running after things that are peripheral. Important, but not the most important. It doesn't discount the things that we need to do in our everyday life, but what it does is it prioritizes and it aligns our heart to our vision. And it keeps us from vision drift. Number three, we write it down because it prepares it plainly for others to gather around for support. Writing down your clear vision makes your vision sticky for when you share it. Which leads us to last number three. Prep work shares vision. Great vision is always worth sharing. Always. The scripture I just read says, so that the herald, that whoever reads it may run with it. Great vision needs to be transmissible. We get clarity on it. We write it down. It reminds us, but it also needs to be transmissible. Is the vision clear and written for others to understand and share in it with you? There, is, there, is, there, there are people that God has actually made like-minded or need to be brought into what it is that he's put in your life to share in it. It, 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 it presses on us that the only thing that we can do is bring clear vision with clear communication to make it a reality to a community of people that are clear. You can't do on your own the thing that I'm saying is big inside of you. I can't, I can't be the husband, the follower of Jesus, the husband, the dad, and now the grandfather that God has called me to be. I cannot achieve this big objective on my own. So I get clear about it, I write it down, and then I share it. I have to share it. Too often we, we, we walk around in our life and we, get, we get, get these things inside of us and we go, I don't want to share it with anybody for multiple reasons. Some of us don't want to share it because of fear. 
You don't want people to laugh at you. Yeah, that's stupid. Some of us don't want to share it because we don't want to be held accountable. I, I could preach right there. Accountability. We need community more than ever today. Men, can I tell you something? God has put more than you can imagine in your hearts. It overwhelms you. There is something great inside of you. But I can tell you that you're not going to do it alone. That if the most influential leader that history has ever known, a man named Jesus Christ from Nazareth, had a community of 12, you and I have zero excuse, men. No excuses. We need a community of guys around us to help pull these things out of our hearts. We need community to encourage us and support us and call us into account when we're flailing. Men, I would encourage you, show up for breakfast on March 12th. Because I wanna share with you what it is that God's called you to. And sign up. When you walk out of here today, just put a deposit down and sign up to go to the men's retreat. It's the best first step that you can make. We need community. This is applicable to every single one of us right now. We need each other. I love the fact that the entire written narrative of scripture is one giant vision casting book. Think about this. It's God sharing his clear vision in written form about restoring an intimate relationship with all of humanity. Through his son, Jesus Christ, a community of followers who are empowered by the Holy Spirit. The God of all creation shared his vision in community, for community, to save community. We're dying in isolation. That, like, by the way, that, that's just, that's truth. We've learned this over the last couple years. So it becomes important to share great vision because great vision needs great communities because there's no such thing as a one-man show. And it's important to share your vision in community until you find a community that shares the same vision. We're gonna talk more about this next week as we talk about counting the cost. 
We're gonna talk about our associations, our influences, things that are killing us quietly. But today, God is calling you to have clear vision, to write that vision down. He's calling you into community today. If you're like, Pat, I'm in community, go deeper. (laughs) Well, I've been in fill in the blank. Okay, whatever that thing is right now, that's what's stopping you. That's what the enemy wants to hold up in front of you to keep your voice from resonating and shifting the atmosphere of creation. That's what the enemy right now is holding up in front of you and stopping you from having clarity. That's what the enemy is holding up in front of you right now to keep you from increasing it 42% by writing it down. That's what the enemy is using by stopping you from sharing that with somebody, stopping you from stepping into community because of this thing What is that thing? What is it? You're in process. It's the ups and the downs. But we were meant to do this in community. Why don't you stand with me this morning? close our eyes for a second. As I was in the beginning of this, as I was sharing the story of of what the Lord was, was sharing with me as I went to meet my granddaughter for the first time, what a glorious moment. I'll never forget it. But I don't want you to forget this moment. It's the moment that you realize that God has placed something in you that makes your world a little bit bigger. That your world today can get a little bit better. But there's something in you that he seeded in you generations ago that your great, great, great grandparents didn't know that you were gonna be standing here today and that you would need this today, that you would hear this word today. That today, the power of the Holy Spirit is calling from the dark recesses, the parts of your heart that the Holy Spirit is calling forward today, that big thing, that there is a purpose to your life. There is a purpose to you hearing this. There is a purpose to you sitting here. There is a purpose to you hearing this in your cubicle at work. There is a purpose. There's a reason that somebody sent this to you and said, you have to hear this today. God has put something in you. Your world is bigger than you think. You're carrying something bigger than you know. You need to begin to release your voice. You need to get a clear vision. You need to write it down and you need to begin to share it. You need to set the world on fire with what God's put inside of you. If that's you today, do me a favor. I'm gonna ask that you would begin to make your way right here to the front because I wanna release this morning something over your, come on. Because I can just call you individually because I can see the presence of God on some of you so mightily.
some of you have been called crazy and you're not. Let me, let me say this. This is how you know that there's a fight for what God has put in you. Some of you have been so hurt. Some of you have been so absolutely traumatized by things in life. I want you to know that no matter what, there is still an enormous amount of promise in your life. So Father, I pray right now You can just place a hand on someone around you. Come on. Danik, I'm gonna tell you once again, young man. I've known you since you were a young man in high school when we started this ministry. And I'm telling you today that God is calling you into bigger platforms where the tenacity and the vision that he has placed in your heart, like your willingness to fight the good fight, to stand up for what is right. He is calling you into bigger platforms. He's calling you to be a voice in the wilderness where kids need to hear something resolute, where families need to see what it looks like to be willing to stand up and accept being a lightning rod for, for people saying things and, and pointing fingers. But you know in your heart what it is that God has called you to. You know what he's placed in you. You know that the way that you see things, God has given you a vision to see it certain ways. So Danik, I'm gonna pray for courage to continue to walk into those things, continue to step into those things. Yeah, breathe life, Lord, into political realms. Breathe life into political realms. Relationships this morning that the enemy has tried to dismantle. Lord, I just I speak against right now. In the name of Jesus, I speak against the weapons of the enemy to try to dismantle the relationships that God is bringing that you have tried to destroy the relationship God brought into your life 10 different ways, and God is going to restore it tenfold. But there is a purpose and there's something bigger in your life that he's calling to the forefront today. I became, so some of you need to hear this. Some of you who are more on the varsity team, <laughs> Maybe you're down the line chronologically. You're with me. You're experiencing the gray hair. For me, I'm losing it. You've got a little bit more life under your belt. Let me tell you something. Life is not coming to an end. I feel more alive today stepping in underneath this new identity as a grandfather than I've ever felt in my life. That, that your job is not done. There's something that the world needs from you, needs your experiences. Get a clear vision, would you? Would you write it down that today God is shifting something in you? If you're in your late 40s, 50s, 60s, there's, there's so much God has on you. Young people, 
young people who are listening, who are in the room, I want you to know something. God has made you presently powerful today. There is not a future vision that he wants to give you. There is a vision today. God has made you presently powerful in the kingdom. Young people, I want you to know this. No matter what your age is, God can speak to you so crystal clear. He can give you so much clarity on your purpose. There is so much that you have going for you today. There isn't a junior Holy Spirit. There's not a junior kingdom. There is the Holy Spirit who has called you and adopted you into the kingdom of God. Young people, I want you to know that you have the support of the grandfathers and the grandmothers. You have the generational support of the grandfathers and the grandmothers. That you have the community that's willing to pour into you, to share in the vision with you. I want you to be bold and courageous and step into and get clarity today. Get clarity today. Write it down and begin to share it. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to pray in general. And we're just going to we're just going to kind of hold this tone this environment James is going to keep playing on the piano if you're if you're on an online campus you can just sit where you're at we're going to continue I'm going to allow those of you who are ready to go you can take off I'm just going to pray over us in general corporately but there's some of you right now that need to stay in this posture God is giving he's giving you there's an exchange happening you got something for her Terry yeah that's good. So good. So Lord, just today, that we would be marked as individuals, as people, and we would be marked as a family, as a church. That we would have clear vision that would be written down, that would be transmissible to share with other people. Lord, that we would do the whatever it takes in the process. But the first step in preparing is we're gonna get really clear. We're gonna get really, really clear about this. Father, as we walk out of here today, the work that we're going to do this week is we're going we're gonna to ask ourselves this question. Do you have a clear vision, a written vision, and a shared vision? So this week, I want you to spend time. This is very practical. I want you to spend time seeking clarity of vision of your faith. Most important vision you can have is vision for your personal faith because everything else is going to come, come out of that. So I want you to spend time this week seeking clarity for vision of your faith. I want you to write it down, then I want you to share it with one person because you can do anything how many times? You can do anything one time. And I want you to share it. I want you to remember this. Remember this today, that no vision is gonna cost you more than big vision. 
and that starting is more important than perfection. No vision is going to cost you more than big vision and starting today is more important than perfection. Do the homework today. Do the homework this week because we're going to come back next week and we're going to take step two and we're going to talk about counting the cost. Jesus, (laughs) Holy Spirit, come on. Breathe right now over every single person here as they spend time. Breathe right now. Put the ha of life inside of every one of our visions. Put the breath of life, the spirit power infused life inside of every one of our visions as we seek you this week. Big vision, God. Big vision. Scary vision. I don't think it's possible vision. I can't do that on my own vision. But it's going to be clear, written, and we're going to share it. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen and amen.